Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosier. You could follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Give the show a follow. Never miss an episode. We are at Lockdown Dynasty on Twitter. And of course, please be sure if you're listening via podcast, check out our YouTube channel. We are uh, we're building that up. Get those subscribes on. Turn on that little bell button so you never miss a live show. Marcus, we've got lots of I feel I feel like we're always the downers to start the week because we always have injury news to talk about right off the bat to start our listeners week. Yeah, it was a good week of football. We had some really, really fun games, a lot of missed kicks that made it even more exciting. But yeah, some injury news. And Kate, let's go ahead and just get right to it. Um, Let's talk about Saquon Barkley left, Uh. I believe, in the first drive of the Cowboys Giants game. has an ankle injury. He just kind of rolled it, stepping on a guy's uh, ankle, so or on a guy's foot. So it was gross. It, yeah, saw it swell right up. It doesn't seem like it's overly serious. It's not a broken bone or anything like that. However, it does seem like he could miss two to four weeks. Um, if you have Saquon, are you trying to panic and trade him to get something? Because he had a good week last week, but. Are you just worried that he's never going to be the same? And what are your thoughts here? This isn't the time that I I look to trade Saquon. I think uh, if you do trade Saquon at this point, you are trading him low, even though he yeah. had that big game. But I, I just think the general consensus right now for Saquon is frustration and disappointment. That's never a good time to sell uh, one of your players here. So Saquon Barkley is a guy I'm certainly holding on to. Um, but you know, the good news is, uh, it's apparently a lower ankle sprain, which, uh, those high ankle sprains are the ones I feel like we see nagging the longest. So Mm -hmm. hopefully we do see him make a smooth recovery. The swelling will go down and, and he'll be back to looking like his normal self. But, um, I mean, you could tell more than anything that he wants to be back out there. So our, all of our frustrations are shared with him. But I mean, Saquon Barkley, he ahead of this injury, he was looking like Saquon Barkley. So I think that is the biggest takeaway starting to. And I mean, that that's my bigger concern is, will he look like Saquon Barkley after a torn ACL? Not whether or not he'll look like Saquon Barkley after a rolled ankle. Saquon will be okay. Uh, The next one we need to talk about is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, left early with a shoulder arm injury, uh, didn't look good when it happened. And now it sounds like he's going to go on the injured reserve list, probably miss the rest of the season. Okay. I I don't know if you were starting Juju in your leagues, because I'm looking at the stats right now in his last 23 games, he's 988 yards, like 43 yards a game. He's just somebody that we couldn't really rely on in dynasty leagues, but uh, how does this impact his value going forward and which receiver in Pittsburgh stands the most to gain because of this injury? I mean, for me, uh, it, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, the disappointing thing is that he's in a contract year. Yeah. So if he, if he's out the rest of the season, that just, uh, it, it's just an unfortunate 
unfortunate blow um, because we've seen him get the target share even throughout this season. It hasn't really felt like it because they haven't translated to much, but uh, you know, three out of the four games that he played a full, uh, full snap share, he had more than seven targets um, that, like that's that's a pretty decent target share and most days you'd be taking that uh you know for uh, what it is but juju i i think uh maybe we've seen him officially play his last uh last down in pittsburgh which would be so sad for me as a pittsburgh fan but i do think the silver lining here is that chase claypool just gained a ton mm-hmm. of value cuz i'll say as somebody watching the games Claypool hasn't had the smoothest start to the season, but man, when you've taken that target share and, and you're just cutting out one more piece of the pie there, Chase Claypool should see, you know, a, a healthy bout of at least uh, probably six to 10 targets a week. Um, and the ceiling could be very high for a player like this. Yeah. Chase Claypool over the last three weeks, 30 targets, uh, 296 receiving yards and a touchdown. Even with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball, he's going to get targets, he's going to be effective, and he can make plays after the catch. So uh, I think him and Deontay Johnson are both very, very fantasy relevant, at the least wide receiver twos. And it just feels like instead of somebody else adding value, like I don't think Chase, or excuse me, like James Washington is going to be all that relevant. I don't think... Pat Fryermuth is going to see a bunch of targets. It just feels like Roethlisberger is going to lean more on uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. So those guys, big winners after the unfortunate Juju injury. Uh, just a couple more to get through. Clyde Edwards-Alaire got injured against the Bills on Sunday Night Football with a leg injury. We really don't know the severity of it yet. It didn't look good. They had to kind of carry him off the field. Um, just general thoughts on that one, Kate. Uh, it's a bummer, uh, but I think the biggest takeaway is uh, after we saw him leave the game, it was Daryl Williams that ended up getting the bulk of those snaps. Jared McKinnon actually was on the field for a decent amount. I haven't seen mm-hmm. full snap counts for that game, but uh, Jared McKinnon was on the field plenty. But once Clyde Edwards-Alaire left, uh, it seemed to be the Daryl Williams show. Uh, so I, I think he's the guy that you would want to uh, roster moving forward. He seems like the uh, safer backup, but uh, the whole the whole Chiefs scheme just feels a little bit little bit off. Uh, they they obviously did not uh, come out as strongly as you would have hoped uh, in prime time at home. Mm-hmm. They relied a lot on on defensive penalties to move the ball, which is never a good thing. I think the Chiefs will bounce back, but. Uh, for now, none of like e- even if Clyde Edwards-Alaire's is riding the bench for a couple weeks while he heals up, I'm not sure that any of these these running backs are going to be worth a start. Probably not. I, I just think the Chiefs, as we get into the season, are just going to rely more on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill to kind of generate all of their offense, and the running game is going to be very much a hey, we're going to run it when we have to, and that's just about it. So I, I'm not rushing to my waiver wire to grab Jarek McKinnon or or Williams. Uh, just a couple other injury things really quickly. Before week five started, we had George Kittle placed on the injured reserve list, Logan Tomlin placed on IR. Both of those guys are expected to be back in three weeks. Um, it hurts our tight end depth because there's only like seven or eight tight ends you want to start anyways, and those are two of them. Uh 
we're not too concerned about the long-term value of either of those players, correct? Correct. But I do think uh, maybe worth maybe worth a talking about uh, could be Ricky Seals-Jones, who stepped in uh, mm. in the absence of Logan Thomas. Now, it, of course, he just mentioned tight end landscape is disgusting. Uh, it's not, not a, a fun place for any of us to be right now. But in his absence, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones came in, saw eight targets, caught five of those for 41 yards. Not the flashiest of plays, but uh, in back-to-back weeks, he's played over 90% of offensive snaps. You'll love to see it. Uh, they, you know, their, their wide receiver core, we had Curtis Samuel with a groin injury. Again, uh, seems to have aggravated that a bit. So I have to imagine we're not going to see Curtis Samuel again anytime soon. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones uh, is available in plenty of dynasty leagues, and he could be, uh, especially in a full PPR format, a weekly flex play. All right, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. All right, Kate, let's get to some rookie watch. We had some rookies have some monster, monster games uh, here in week six. We should start with Jamar Chase. Uh, it's really too bad he had a poor preseason and people were giving up on him because this guy is a absolute superstar. Every time the Bengals need a big play, they just throw the ball up to Jamar Chase and he finds a way uh, to, to make a catch. So I think he's what, inside the top three receivers right now in fantasy points, correct? Uh, he is, I believe, the wide receiver five on the five. season so far. And I mean, it doesn't seem like every week we keep thinking that these big chunk plays have to be slowing down and it doesn't seem that they are slowing down whatsoever. The chemistry just seems so strong uh, with Joe Burrow. And I I think this entire Bengals team just looks a little bit better than any of us would have projected them to. Uh, I I wouldn't have uh, been thinking yesterday uh, heading into week five that we would have seen them hanging in there with the Packers, but then again, here we are. Um, you know, I think this is a team that's going to run through Joe Burrow. You don't have a ton of efficiency on the ground still. Um, we saw Samaje Pirine mm-hmm. uh, be a little bit relevant yesterday, but, you know, it, it doesn't seem like this is a team that's really built to run the ball and uh, sustain the run season long. So I, I think this is only going to be uh better and better. But man, if you bought if you bought Jamar Chase this offseason amidst the the rumblings that he couldn't see the ball, um gosh darn it good for you. Like that uh, yeah can't I beat mean, it. Can't beat that. Uh we're five games this into the season, which means we can do some pace stats because I think these are fun. Uh now these are 16 game uh, pace stats, not 17 games. Remember, we did add an extra game, but 16 game pace stats, uh, 75 receptions for 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns for Jamar That's Chase. That's not bad. Not it's not bad. bad. I think if, if he finishes with that, I think he'll take it. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving on. Uh, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> this is really interesting because Tony was somebody who, kind of like Chase, had basically no buzz in the offseason at all. Uh, he really didn't do anything in training camp. He started the season with minus two total yards in his first two games. 
Uh, in week three, he had 16 yards. Kate, over the last uh, two weeks, are you ready for these numbers? He has 16 receptions for 267 yards, averaging almost 17 yards per reception. And he looks really, really good doing it. He did it with Mike Glennon uh, on Sunday. So are you buying or selling that Kadarius Tony is the real deal? Oh gosh. I'm I'm buying into this one just because I like I, I've always liked Kadarius Tony. I've liked the raw abilities. I mean, this dude is an athletic freak. Uh, yeah. so if they generate touches for him specifically, uh, I think there's a very high high likelihood that he's going to do something with those. You have to love the target share. I'm not sure that he's going to to sustain such a high target volume because remember he's uh, he's been worked into this offense on the back of uh, injuries to Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Um, Evan Ingram's been uh, not a non-factor, I would yep. say. Um, but he really has emerged in this role out of necessity. And I do think that's going to scale back. Not to say that this is not, uh, you know, he's not going to be an electric NFL player. But if you're looking to acquire shares of Kadarius Tony. I would wait to do so until we we get some of these other wide receivers back and maybe we see a dip in that target share um, and, and maybe you'll you'll panic uh, the Kadarius Tony manager into selling low. All right, let's do a little bit of a price check because right now in Dynasty League football, he's ranked as the 55, uh, 55th receiver. Excuse me. Uh, here's just some guys that are ranked ahead of him. You tell me which one you would rather have, all right? Okay. Uh, Michael Gallup, wide receiver, forty-four, or Kadarius Tony. Ooh, Kadarius Tony. Okay, Julio Jones, wide receiver, forty-three. Oh, you know we were very high on on Julio, mm-hmm. uh, but you know at this point, if I'm, I gotta look towards the future. I mm. I think Kadarius Tony could be. Uh, I I don't think Kadarius Tony has the same ceiling that Julio Jones will in his career. But I, I'm looking forward. Okay. I'll, I'll go with Kadarius. Let's keep going up the ranks, Kate. Odell Beckham, wide receiver, thirty-seven, or Kadarius Tony. This one's so tough. And this comes down to, for me, I like clearly Odell Beckham is not meant to have his big, uh, big career resurgence with the Browns. Like mm-hmm. we, we saw them score so many points yesterday. 42 uh, points and he, and he had 20 yards. He had 20 yards, not, not a single touchdown. Um, just super, super alarming. And I think the issue is that they don't really need him. They're not, they're not yep. put in a position where they need to force the ball to him. Um, I'd still probably go Odell Beckham. Uh, and this is me banking on the fact that I'm hoping Odell's going to be with a new team very soon. All right. One more to really get you going. Wide receiver 26, Brandon Ayuk or Cordarius Tony? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <gasps> oh gosh. I, I kind of has to be. Tony at this point, right? Like Ayuk is just in the doghouse for whatever reason with the 49ers, right? Yeah, I I I oh I, I still have to go with Brandon Ayuk. The draft okay. capital That's fair. is is still there with Brandon Ayuk. Um I'm not sure exactly the they were drafted right around the same spot um yeah. in back to back drafts. But uh, so the the draft capital, uh, they're both 
pretty young. I think, you know, there's going to be plenty of time for Brandon Ayuk to bounce back. And we've already seen uh, him produce consistently last season, whereas we haven't seen that yet for Tony. Um, uh, I'll still take Brandon Ayuk there, but that one's I think I agree tough. with you, but it's closer than what you would think. Um, all right, let's get to another rookie. Uh, Kyle Pitts. We knew this was going to be the Kyle Pitts breakout game after Calvin Ridley was ruled out, after Russell Gage was moved, r- ruled out. Uh, 10 targets, 9 receptions, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, I didn't know if you knew this, but Kyle Pitts is just good at the game, and I think the Falcons are just starting yeah. to figure this out. Um, thoughts? <laughs> Finally. Uh, about darn time, because, I mean, everything has been there that pointed to the Kyle Pitts breakout. He's been getting involved. He's getting, getting targets. Um, it's just, it's, it's been a matter of time. He's been seeing all the snaps you could possibly want. Um, yeah. I, I think this is just the, the way that this path is rolling. Uh, you had to expect that. And maybe, I mean, there were rumblings on Twitter uh, that maybe Kyle Pitts isn't the guy. No, he is that guy. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be a, consistently smooth outing for Kyle Pitts throughout his rookie season. Uh, They, you know, we've seen the Falcons go through some growing pains, but I definitely, I I mean, Kyle Pitts is the dude. He's that dude. He's He's that dude. Everything you want. He's that guy. Uh, Yeah. Kyle Pitts is really good. It's we, I mean, uh, we talked about this all off season. I have him as my number one tight end in dynasty. I think you're starting to see why, like when he gets fed, like he should, He's just going to be impossible to stop. Uh, last rookie, just really quickly to touch on, Khalil Herbert had a nice game. Uh, he had 75 yards on the ground on 18 carries, uh, didn't score a touchdown, didn't receive a target, and that's a little concerning because, man, he gets all that work and it's only seven and a half points. But uh, were you encouraged by what you saw from Herbert? Oh, absolutely. It comes down uh, – I mean, Khalil Herbert, I really liked him coming out of Virginia Tech. But regardless of like what you thought of the prospect – um, the the path does seem to be there for him to uh, take on a growing role. Uh, he had 18 carries to uh, Williams, uh, 16 carries, some more offensive snaps, uh, which could be a product. Uh, we know Damian Williams is dealing with a little bit of a thigh injury. Could be a product of that, but I just, I really liked Khalil Herbert, the prospect. Uh, and I think he's one of these guys that's been sitting under the radar here. Uh, was very was productive uh, in his final season in college. I, I think you mm-hmm. gotta gotta be encouraged there. All right, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, and just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next box at builtbar.com. All right, Kate, just a couple guys I want to touch on really quickly, whether you should panic or not. Um, Miles Sanders, are, are you officially worried? Uh, I'm I'm worried about the usage. I will say that. I think uh, we are, we're looking at a running back who is 34th in rushing attempts. He's only seen two more carries than mm-hmm. Zach Moss, who's every, everybody's delegated to, you know, the, a backup role essentially. Uh, obviously we're starting to see Zach Moss take it over, but, uh, I mean, what, what are the Eagles thinking with Miles Sanders? 
uh, despite the fact that he like uh, ranks 34th in rush attempts, he leads all running backs in broken tackles. Like when you allow him to touch the ball, very good things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Eagles, they're they're riddled by penalties. It seems like every time they finally get points on the board, uh, something comes back to bite them. I'm I'm worried about Miles Sanders, but uh, it, it's so hard because you know the talents there, but the usage isn't. How about Jalen Waddle? Uh, the Dolphins traded a first round pick to go up and get him. By the way, that first round pick would be at number three right now if uh, the season ended today. So good trade there, wow. Miami. Uh, Jalen Waddle, <laughs> two receptions for 31 yards on six targets. Almost all of his targets are at the line of scrimmage. We were kind of thinking this was going to be the next Tyreek Hill, who was getting a lot of targets down the field. And it's just not happening. Are, are you nervous about Jalen Waddle? I'm not, I'm not totally nervous. Obviously, you have Tua on IR with the rib injury. Um, you've got Will Fuller on IR with the hand injury. Uh, Devontae Parker uh, also off the field. So I do think that Jalen Waddle has probably been uh, the subject of, of plenty of attention from, from defenders. I'm not totally panicked. I mean, the target share, you have to appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um had 13 game or 13 targets against the Raiders. Obviously that was an overtime game, but um, right now a 16 game pace for him would put him at 115 targets on the season. I'm never going to sneeze at that. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a very pretty year, but I'm encouraged by the target share. And, you know, I want to see what he does when this offense is fully healthy. That will be the key for me. I I agree with that. Uh, The last one. This is uh, Dynasty wide receiver two right now. It's C.D. Lamb. Are you nervous about C.D. Lamb? I know he had a good game yesterday, four receptions for 84 yards and a touchdown. However, Kate, in his last three games, 14 total targets. And that's without Michael Gallup. Like we thought when Michael Gallup went down with his calf injury that, hey, this means that Amari's going to – excuse me, C.D. Lamb's going to see nine to ten targets a game. Are you worried about CD a little bit because he's just not getting that volume? Uh, I'm not. He's still the same same old prospect. We know that his ceiling is sky high. I think this is a, a product of Dalton Schultz uh, just being on a bit of a hot streak here. Um, I mean, Dalton Schultz, uh, seven targets, eight targets, eight targets. He said mm-hmm. six catches in four of this year's five games. Um, I mean, it's it's really hard to uh, to divert targets when he's just been such a reliable asset uh, to move the chains. I, I think CeeDee Lamb is absolutely going to bounce back. We saw his upside in week one. Um, I'm not concerned. I think this is uh, CeeDee Lamb is a guy that you manufacture touches for. Uh, and maybe that that hot streak for Dalton Schultz has swayed things just a little bit. But uh, I can't imagine that that. You know, we continue to see C.D. Lamb uh, sort of take side fiddle to Dalton Schultz, right? Or, I mean, is Dalton Schultz the real deal? I don't know. Uh, Darren Waller has only one more point than Dalton Schultz this year, by the way. Just just pointing that out there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not worried about C.D. for a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't need a lot of targets to be productive like we saw yesterday. Four for 84 on a touchdown. Um, he'll be okay. The other thing is the Cowboys are are running the ball really, really well right now. They have almost 500 rushing yards in the last two games. 
you're probably not going to do that to every single team. And eventually they're going to get into some higher scoring games. And that's when CD is going to be really unlocked. I'm just not worried about it right now. Like, yeah, you can complain about the targets and all that kind of stuff. But if he's given you, you know, what is that? 18 fantasy points, 19 fantasy points like he did a couple of weeks ago. You'll be okay. The, the bigger days are coming, but the floor is just so incredibly high because of how efficient he is right now. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I, I think this is probably a good time. Uh, if you see another down week for CD Lamb, send out some offers because uh, that that little pedestal of doubt, I actually got a lot of start sit questions about CD Lamb, who in my mind was a set it and forget it starter. Yep. Uh, so like there are a lot of people uh, who are are concerned about the production, maybe not so much after this week, but just keep an eye, keep a, a nice a thermometer check little temperature check on your league mates because uh, there is uh, there was buzz after just really one down week of production. Yep. So uh, keep an eye. I would also sell high on Dalton Kelsey. I mean, Dalton Schultz, because he's in a contract year for the Cowboys. <laughs> They've already paid Blake Jarwin. I don't think they're going to be able to bring him back. And again, once Gallup comes back, you're going to see fewer two, di- two tight end sets for the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to continue to run the ball. I don't think he's going to see the target volume that he's seeing right now. I think he's seeing like 25% of the Cowboys passing uh, targets, which is just not sustainable. Even if you're Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, especially not for Dalton Schultz. So trade him now, see if you can get a nice little piece for the long run, because I don't think his value is going to last all that much longer. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube. You can follow the show at Lockdown Dynasty. You can follow Kate at FF Ball Blast. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you next time.